And welcome to another episode of the Power Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Power. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, backlash from this past Sunday. So it's the backlash 2016. Uh, it's the SmackDown brand pay-per-view. So let's just jump right into it. Now, let's start off. They had a uh, pre-show match. Only one. Normally, they have two or three. Uh, but now that the brand split, they only have the uh, just the one, I guess. So anyway, it turned out to be Baron Corbin versus uh, Apollo Crews. And they had a little bit of exchange in the back, and that kind of led up to the match kind of thing. And um, so anyhow, the uh, match wasn't that bad. It started off as a little sloppy in spots and a little little miscues, but these guys have wrestled before, so I was kind of surprised, but um, they, they wrestled each other in NXT like a year ago, so they should know each other, I guess, but anyhow, it, it was only for the first few minutes, it was a little off, but uh, uh, no, the match got really good, yeah, lots of good spots, and uh, uh, Baron Corbin hits his end of days and gets the victory there, so I'm assuming they're going to push this guy up a little to the next level. Uh, sooner than later, I could see him going for an intercontinental championship run. Um, he's kind of like the lone wolf, so he doesn't, he's on the fence. He's not really a good guy. He's not really a bad guy. He's kind of a bad guy, but he can play either way. And, you know, just as Stone Cold Steve Austin once did, he, he was kind of the bad guy, but the people rooted for him. And I could see Baron Corbin, he's got that, uh, chip on his shoulder attitude. And I could see him going to that. And he's good in, in ring and he's good on the mic. Doesn't have to say a lot. Uh, backs up his words with his actions in the ring so it's kind of like what I said about Kevin Owens you know I haven't been watching wrestling for the last few years but um, you could just see Kevin Owens had upper upper tier written all over him and they finally rewarded the guy with a belt I can see Baron Corbin going down the road he's going to be one of those guys now uh, we go into the actual pay-per-view itself and we start off with uh, Shane and uh, Daniel Bryan in the ring and uh, uh, they're talking about, you know, we got a couple new titles. We got a couple, you know, uh, new titles coming up, the tag team and the women's titles. Um, he said, you know what, let's jump right into it. We're going to start off with the six-pack elimination challenge to determine the inaugural uh, WWE SmackDown Women's Champion. So you got uh, uh, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, Naomi, Natalia, Nikki Bella, and Becky Lynch. Now, I called this on Twitter. I said, Becky Lynch needs to win this, and she deserves to have the belt around her waist. They need to start off with a women's champion that's credible. And um, so anyways, this match, I, uh, to be honest with you, I had didn't have high hopes. Because I've said in my previous podcast, I didn't think Alexa Bliss, uh, Carmella, or Naomi were ready for prime time. But boy, oh boy, this match was pretty good. And I'll, I'll really say... Um, Alexa Bliss and Naomi stood out of the three that I didn't think were ready. Carmella, to me, is still sloppy, and she's not quite... She doesn't have ring, uh, a ring presence yet. Um, I don't think she's still... She's not ready. But she's going to go into a feud, obviously, with Nikki Bella, and that'll give her a chance to get over with the crowd. But no, lots of good spots. Lots of good spots. The women put on a hell of a job. Like I said, I'm an Italian and Becky Lynch fan. Um, and um, I was kind of hoping one of those two would win. And... Um, so anyways, the match ended, you know, the women were hitting their finishers on one another and it turned out to, you know, uh, it turned out to be uh, Carmella versus uh, Becky Lynch because the other four got eliminated. And um, yeah, Becky Lynch hits the uh, her, her arm bar 
on Carmella and gets the submission to become the first uh, WWE SmackDown Women's Champion. So congratulations to her. It was actually really, I was surprised. I really enjoyed that match. I didn't have high hopes for it, but hey, it turned out well. Maybe there is, you know, with Becky Lynch being the champion, I think she can, she makes the other women look good in the ring, even these ones that are up and comers. I think she will help put them over, even if they uh, they don't get the beater. She'll make them look good. I think she, she's she got that skill that she can make everyone look good. So uh, next up, we have the uh, second chance tag team match. So with American Alpha being out and unable to compete because of uh, Gable's leg injury at the hands of the Usos, um, the Usos will now fight the Hype Bros, and whoever wins this match will go on to um, face uh, Rhino and Slater later in the night for the uh, the new tag team belts. Now, it wasn't a bad match. It actually, it wasn't. It was probably for me on, on the night. It was probably the second on the second from the bottom, um, in terms of what I enjoyed. Um, the Usos came out. They don't have the face paint anymore. They kind of got the uh, the hoodies and and the black clothes and the white sneakers. They're kind of like you know trying to be tough guy looking. I don't know. They just. Uh, I'm glad they're heels. They needed to put them as heels because the fans weren't into them anymore. Uh, as as they, you know, the crowd wasn't chanting with them or anything anymore. So it was kind of like when your baby faces are not getting over with the fans, you turn them, just turn them. And they had a good reason to turn. The fans weren't behind them anymore. We're tired of working for the fans, or we're we're tired of not getting respect from the fans. We're just gonna do what we're gonna do. Makes sense. Flip. Do it. Do it right though. Okay. So anyhow, the, the match wasn't all the match itself wasn't that bad. I can't say there was a lot of it just wasn't very exciting. Um the guy everybody did their job. Um it's not that anybody any one of them is a terrible wrestler or anything. I just I just wasn't excited about this. And to be honest with you, I want to see Zack Ryder as a single as a wrestler. I think when they took the Intercontinental Championship off him and then give him a reach, rematch, that was quite the mistake in my in my eyes. I think you should have put the guy in back in the run with the Miz and the, you know him him going against Baron Corbin and Apollo Crews and uh, Bray Wyatt like th- those are some good matches you could have had with him um, I think you're wasting him in a tag team but they need to get the other guy over uh, what's the guy's name uh, Mojo Rawley they got to get him in they got I guess they wanted to move him up so you got to put him back in the tag team so anyways the um, the Usos win and they kind of got that finisher now where they, they put the uh, rat, pull the guy's leg up and for submission. It's almost like a half crab. But anyways, and I'm and I, sorry, I don't know who's Jimmy and James Uso. I don't know which one is which. And I, like, <laughs> they're twins. I can't tell. I'm sorry. I don't have a twin, so I don't know how hard it is to, or how easy it could be to determine who's who, but I don't know who's who. So anyhow... Uh, your Usos advance, so they will fight Slater and Rhino later on in the evening. Um, next up, we got the uh, the Miz with Maurice, and they go on to fight. Uh, or sorry, the Miz goes on to fight uh, Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, I was kind of on the fence with this match, but I actually kind of enjoyed it, and I actually was not sure who was going to win. It was it was looking like Dolph was going to pull this off. You know, but Dolph's got to stop doing moves like the, the you know, Billy Gunn's Famouser and the uh, uh, Shawn Michaels uh, sh- super kick, man. It's just, uh, you got to do something different to differentiate, differentiate, make yourself stand out from the others. 
And I think you doing moves, it's just like Seth Rollins doing the pedigree. And I'm pretty sure he's going to stop doing the pedigree now as a finisher after what happened to him. But anyhow, I don't think these new wrestlers should be emulating finishers from their mentors or who they look up to. I think they should come up with their own stuff. Yes, you can still do a finisher. You're going to run out of moves to do. And you're going to have to be able to use an old move. But... Dolph Ziggler kind of looks like Shawn Michaels and Billy Gunn wrapped up in one. So, and he's using the moves. So, I think Dolph Ziggler would come up with his own finisher would be, you know, be fine. Stop using those other ones. Like they're not, and you're not winning with them. So stop using them. Doesn't make sense. But anyhow, I uh, there was a spot where uh, Ziggler kind of landed on the ropes, and and the Miz and the ref were kind of turned away, and Maurice came in with possibly perfume or some kind of spray got Ziggler in the eyes. And then uh, Miz took the chance to, uh, took the opportunity to uh, hit Ziggler with the uh, uh, skull crushing finale. So he wins and retains his title. It was kind of a cheap win, but he's a heel. So that's what they, that's what they do. They cheat the win. What else can you expect them to do? <laughs> but that, no, to be honest with you, not a bad match. And um, it, it was good. I shouldn't say it wasn't a bad match. It was actually a good match. It was I enjoyed it. I sat at the edge of my seat watching, and I'm going, oh, geez. You know, and I'll just say this, though. The crowd was just very quiet. They were not really into the pay-per-view. I, there was no real big pops. There was not a lot of chanting, and uh, but we'll get into that later. So, um, anyhow, next up, we got uh, Bray Wyatt is supposed to be fighting Randy Orton. Now, earlier we saw a back backstage vignette where um, Bray Wyatt has got Randy Orton on the floor and he's slamming a door on Randy's leg. So you're like, oh, okay, well, Randy's not going to, Randy's probably going to lose because he can't, you know, he can't really fight. But anyways, Bray comes out to the ring and, and uh, he makes the ref do a 10 count and raise his hand. So Randy Orton forfeits because he can't compete because of his leg injury. Um, but then as Bray goes to leave the ring, uh, the announcer says, oh, but he's been informed by Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, I think is what he said, that Bray Wyatt will be in a uh, no-holds-barred match with the following competitor, and all of a sudden out comes Kane. I actually didn't mind that idea. It was, this, to, me, this, to me, this was probably not the match of the night. This was... Yeah, it's down at the bottom for me for the night. Like, I... I would have preferred to see Bray and Randy Orton, but I could see where they're having problems. Who do you put over? If you put over Orton, you bury Bray. And you can't be, Wyatt does not deserve to be buried. He needs to be put over. He's good on the ring and he's good on the mic. And he, he the crowd is into him. And Randy Orton, well, he's Randy Orton. The guy just lost to Brock Lesnar. So it makes sense. Maybe he would lose again, but I could see where, in Randy's eyes, maybe he's got creative control. It doesn't want to lose again. I, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to have either. I figured that it would be a, a draw or a count out or something weak like that because you can't, you don't want to put one over the other cleanly because I think this would be a feud you'd want to keep going on. Um, and a lot of people were talking about Luke Harper coming back. And uh, I haven't been paying attention. When wrestlers get injured, I don't follow what their rehabilitation is going to be. Maybe I should start doing that. I don't, I don't have enough time in the day to keep up with everything. But um, So I went and looked online before pay-per-view started. And, and it was like a couple weeks ago, it sounded like Luke Harper's still work, just getting back into the ring. So i kind of like, okay, I doubt he's coming out. Um, 
And anyhow, uh, like when they before they announced Kane, I'm like, oh, is Luke really ready to come back? I'm like, oh, no, no, there's Kane. That's fine. Anyways, there was a good spot where uh, Bray Wyatt had uh, Kane on the table and he did a running, ran along the other two tables and did like a uh, back, uh, backdrop or drop. Oh, what the hell do they call that move? Senton onto, not a senton. Uh, he just runs and jumps in the air and lands his back to Kane's chest, goes through the table. That was kind of a neat spot. Um, anyways, then out comes Randy Orton hobbling down. He's got his one leg taped up, but yep, but he's got brought his wrestling boot over top of it. So I'm like, yeah, if you were injured with an egg injury, um, you wouldn't be wearing your boot probably. Not something they would normally do with a leg injury like that. Um, but anyhow, he comes out and he ends up giving Bray an RKO. Okay. People were speculating that maybe Randy Orton is injured, or maybe he's just not, maybe he's concussed. We don't know. They're not releasing any information why he didn't actually compete last night. But um, there's rumors out that Randy Orton is injured again and his, sh- it's in his shoulders. And they're talking about, you know, maybe Randy Orton's on his way out and uh, he's not. Th- I go, he looks fine to me. And his his last few matches on TV have been fine. Like, he, I don't see any ring rust. I don't see. Yeah, you, you always know he's going to win, except for SummerSlam, he really got it. He got his bell rocked. Maybe he's still recovering from that. And like I said, maybe he has a concussion. We, we don't know. You take a couple big elbows from a big guy like Brock, you're, there's bound to be, uh, you know, lagging injuries from that. Like, guys, crush, open up the top of your head. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't see this that feud going anywhere, but uh, what do I know? Um, next up, we had the... Uh, Heath Slater and Rhino versus the Usos uh, to determine the inaugural WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Um, now, Slater needs to win this, not only get a contract, but also to win the titles. So, you kind of figured the fans were kind of into him. And, oh, they were chanting the funniest chant when he got into the ring to start the match off. They're like, the crowd was just like, he's got kids, he's got kids. <laughs> I just started laughing. Oh, and then, like it's so cool to see the fans behind him, and the, it's kind of silly the kind of character they're playing him out to be like this uh, white trash dude living in a trailer with a bunch of kids, and you know stereotypical things like kids stealing cars and all this kind of thing they're talking about, and uh, Rhino playing the straight man kind of kind of thing. I actually kind of enjoy it. And uh, and I think, what did Rhino say he wants to call the team? The Beauty and the Beast or something like that? And, oh, they're just playing off it. So it's kind of funny. Um, anyways, a decent match. It was better than the Hype Bros match with the Usos. Um, Rhino got a little more ring action this time. And uh, there was actually a point where he thought, oh, geez, they might actually lose. But no, uh, they pull it off. The uh, Heath Slater and Rhino are your winners. Um, and... Uh, Oh, yeah, Heath Slater hit his finishing move. It was like a an inverted DDT. It's kind of like the Tommy Dreamer one. He picks you up and kind of drops you. Um, almost like Gangrel's old DDT. That's what it reminds me of. And anyways, he gets the win. Um, so they celebrate. He's got a contract, and he's like, uh, I'm, I'm going to get an above-ground pool now. I'm going to get a double wide and all this stuff. It was funny. I'm happy the guy, he, he's got a spot now, him and Rhino. And I can see them holding on to the titles for a while. They'll probably do some squash matches with some uh, uh, local tag teams as the towns they go into. Because there's only, what, five teams, other teams that they can really face right now. So 
and they've kind of just gone through all of them. So you're going to have to build up a feud with somebody. So no, good to see them win though. Now for our main event, Dean Ambrose, your heavyweight champion versus AJ Styles, the face that runs the place, the phenomenal one going head to head for your heavyweight title. Now, I think I was probably about half an hour behind everybody else because I had to pause the show, help the little guy do some of his stuff. And so anyways, we finally sat down, me and him and my mother-in-law sat down and we were watching the show. And she's like, you know, just, she saw AJ Styles and Dean. Oh, I want to see these guys look interesting. So I said, sit down, let's sit down, let's watch this match. And uh, I, be honest with you, uh, I've been saying for the past few months, Dean Ambrose, when he comes to the ring, he has a swagger to him and you can tell when he's not going to lose. When he came to the ring today, or when he came to the ring during Backlash, he had a bit of that swagger. And I was like, son of a bitch, this guy is going to win the match. I'm like, crap. And I'm like looking at the clock. I'm like, oh my God, it's only like 10 after. It's only been on for two hours and 10 minutes. How long is this match going to be? Like, oh God, it's only going to be 10, 15. Man, these guys went for about half an hour. Fantastic. Great match. Lots of good spots. And I'll say this, Dean Ambrose actually put on a hell of a good match. I have not enjoyed his matches the last two or three matches. This one was good, and I think it has something to do. And a lot of people will agree, AJ Styles. You put AJ Styles in the ring with anybody, he will elevate their game and he will make them look better. He sells the moves. He'll sell like he's hurting. He'll put them over so well. So anyways, the match was going on back and forth, back and forth. And uh, I'm just sitting there. My son and I are just going, oh, geez, he's going to lose. And then near the end, Dean Ambrose goes for the dirty deeds. And AJ kind of pushes him into the ref. And he didn't realize that he had done that. And then he looks at the ref, looks at Dean Ambrose, stands up, gives him the kick in the dick. As people are saying now online, the kick in the dick. Heard around the world. Does that... Picks up Ambrose for the uh, Styles Clash. One, two, three. Your new heavyweight champion, AJ Styles. Yes. And now I got to say this. People are going, oh, well, you know, he just came into the company in January and we're giving him a title already. Yes. The guy has paid his damn dues, not just in WWE, in New Japan. Uh, New Japan, He was in the Indies, and he was in TNA for 14, 15 years. This man has earned his spot. The guys in the back know, and upper management know, this is what the fans want. Anybody watching this match tonight will tell you, when Dean was getting the upper hand in a lot of this match, people were booing him. They were actually booing Dean Ambrose. They were cheering on AJ Styles. There was a lot of spots where they were going back and forth with who they were who they were cheering for. But when it looked like Dean was going to win, people were actually booing. That just shows you the fans are sick of it. Because, like I said, Dean Ambrose, when he fought Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam, it was a joke. It was a joke to me. It was like... Dean wasn't taking it seriously. Like, oh, this guy's, a, I'm not going to lose to him, so I'm just going to play around with him. It was almost like the, uh, I don't know what SummerSlam it was, when Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels went at it, and Shawn Michaels oversold everything. Like, Hogan would kick him, and Michaels would do, like, a triple flip in the air and bounce all over the place. That's how I feel Dean Ambrose was with Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam. It was just, it felt like a disrespectful match. And, uh, like, you knew Dolph wasn't going to win it the whole damn time. 
there was just no way. You could just tell, you could feel it that he wasn't going to win. But when AJ Styles fought Ziggler in the match on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago, you looked like it looked like Dolph Ziggler was going to win and be able to join in those in the SummerSlam match as a three-way fight. Like that's what I mean. Like AJ will put over anybody, and, and I think Dean Ambrose had a cockiness to him where he actually thinks he's better than everybody. I think he doesn't respect other guys. I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. He comes across. I know it's a character. But there's a fine line between being a character and acting like your character. So I don't know if he just doesn't know the difference in lines. Hey, make, just to use an example, Al Pacino prepared for a year and a half for his role as Tony Montana. Then I heard it took him about six months to get out of character. These guys are playing a character 365 a year. I don't know. I just feel that Dean Ambrose really does not put over the other talent that well. You know he's going to steamroll them. And I'm glad tonight that they said, hey, we're going to put the belt on AJ. Now you have a guy that can actually wrestle. The guy's a great heel right now. I enjoy his promos, and I enjoy the fact that he just smacks people around in the back room and all that jazz. It's funny. I'm enjoying him. Now, on Raw, we need to put the tag belts on the, on the club with Anderson and Gallows and the Bullet Clubs running all the places, like Finn Balor and... Uh, the guy that just went over New Japan, he's a member of the Bullet Club. They won the New Japan title. Uh, my, the Bullet Club is running the show right now, which is fantastic. Anyways, if you liked my review, follow me on SoundCloud. Also, you can, if, if, you're, if you don't see one of my older videos on or my, one of my podcasts on here, go check out YouTube. I upload them there once I have no room on my regular channel here. Uh, Power Podcast on YouTube. And if you're on Twitter, follow me on Twitter at GlennPower72. So as always, folks, take care. Until next time.